all of us have situations that we feel are impossible. Perhaps you've been through them and you've forgotten what God did to get you past it. Perhaps there's something that you're going through now or something you see ahead. But let's make that declaration one more time that the Lord is a way maker. There may not be a way, but he will make it. I may not be able to figure it out, but but God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. I, I want us to, to in a way talk about that, the fact that the Lord is a way maker. I want us to t- turn to the book of Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. And as you're turning in there, or it'll be available on the screen, let's remember our pastor, pastor's wife, uh, in prayer as they travel back um, from some time with uh, with family, just pray that the Lord has His hand on, on them as they, um, as they make their way back, uh, to, uh, to Connecticut. And um, in Exodus chapter thirty-three, the children of Israel had just got done worshiping uh, another god, and at this time they're dealing with the consequences of, of their actions. They had, as we'll talk about a little bit later set up idols and began to worship and began to do all types of things. And, and Moses is, is now about to have this conversation with God in the aftermath of the idol worship of the people of Israel. And, and the Bible says in verse 7 that Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without or outside the camp afar off from the camp and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of the congregation, which was outside the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And so when Moses got up, they would all just stand up and wait and look at him until... He went into the tabernacle and the Bible says in verse nine, it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spoke to Moses. Wow, what a verse here. Face to face as a man speaks unto his friend. And he turned again to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle until Joshua remained there. And Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray thee, If I have found grace in your sight, show me now thy way that I may know you, that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is thy or your people. And the Lord says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Somebody say rest. And he said, is anybody looking for rest right now? Man, this year, 2019, has 
had its ups and downs. There has been so much chaos, and I know there have been millions of different situations that people in this room have dealt with. The Lord is saying today for us through this scripture that there is rest available for us today. There is rest for us. And he said to him, if your presence go not with me, Moses says, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy side. If you don't go with us, so will we be separated in thy people from all the people that are set upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this also that thou hast spoken for you have found grace in my sight and I know thee. By name, and he said, I beseech you, show me your glory. He says, Show me your glory. And today, I want to preach today that there is more. There is more. Can you help me to pray today? Can we lift up our hands and our voices all across this room? And uh, if you are needing something from God, if you are expecting something from God, please lift up your voice in this room and help us to pray. Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to be in your presence. Lord God, we know that there is more than what we see and what we have right now. God, there is a deeper place that you desire us to go to. And today, Lord, it is our desire that we step in to that deeper place. God, it is our desire, Lord Jesus, that today we step into the miraculous. God, it is our desire, God, that you help us to go beyond the veil and to step into the holy of holies because God, uh, God, I can't just go into 2020 with what I had in 2019. God, I know that there is more than what I have. There is more than what I have experienced. God, there is a supernatural dimension that you desire me to step into, God, and I want to step into it today. God, not tomorrow, not next week. God, not on watch night service today. Lord God, I desire to step into a closer place with you. Jesus, help us today. Help us today, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Before you see that, I want you to look at three people and tell them there is more. You may be seated after you find your three people. I believe that those three words are are so true and so impactful when we think about everything, every situation that we have been through, that God has carried us through, that perhaps we are even going through now. I believe that the unequivocal truth, unchanging truth of wherever you are in your spiritual life, whether you feel farther from God than you ever have or if you feel closer than you ever had, there is still more. I think in in Exodus chapter 33, this portion of the scripture is so powerful because Moses has spoken to God in ways millions, billions of people have only hoped and dreamed that they could speak with God. Moses was in the presence of the Lord in the tabernacle of the congregation, the Bible says. And the Bible describes it as Moses 
speaking with God face to face as a man would speak to his friend. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like, the incredible, awesome presence that Moses would have been surrounded with. And it is in this presence that, that Moses was familiar and he knew that that when he went into the presence of the Lord, he went in with with, with the mindset of reverence, with with respect and of humility. Moses was a humble man. The the Bible says he was a meek man, and so Moses went into the presence of the Lord with an appropriate fear, uh, but not fearful. There was a respect for the Lord, but 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 he wasn't as the people were. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Exodus that there was a point where, where the Lord, the presence of the Lord came down into the mountain. This would be the mountain where Moses would go up to get the Ten Commandments. And when the people saw it, they, 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 they saw this dark cloud and there was, the Bible said that there was thunderings and, and loud sounds and that there were, there were trumpets uh, being sounded and it was like this this incredible like Bose speaker system just blasting out over the congregation of, uh, of the people. And when they saw what they believed to be the presence of the Lord, uh, they were exceedingly fearful. And they said, Moses, there's no way that we could go up there. Please, Moses, you go up there and you come back with a word from the Lord for us. We cannot bear to, to be in, in the Lord's presence uh, in this way. They begged Moses to go to God for them and to come back with a word. And Moses would go up to that mountain time after time, and he would desire to hear from the Lord. And, and he had been up there for, for, for multi, he had been up there for, for, for weeks in, in the presence uh, of the Lord, and, and God sustained him. And it was up there while he was praying and speaking with the Lord that the, that the Lord gave him the Ten Commandments. But while Moses was up there in the presence of the Lord, God speaks to him, and he says, Moses, you've got to get back down there. He says, it says the, the people, they're, they're, they're doing something. They're, they're messing up. This wasn't what I, what I intended because the people were so dependent upon Moses. That the Bible says that when he delayed his coming because, uh, I, I mean, he, he, he had he'd been gone for a long time. Moses had been, had been gone for weeks. And when they, when they saw that, that Moses had, had delayed his coming, they, they said they became fearful. And they looked at Aaron, the Brother of Moses says, man, you've got to do something for us. And they pressed him, and, and, and they pressured him. And he says, all right, well, well take off, your, take, take off your, your, your jewels. Take, take your gold. Take, take your earrings. Take, take your bracelets and give them to me. And we're going to melt them down, and, and I will make an idol. And the Bible says that, 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 that he made this idol, this, this graven image. And he says, here, this is the Lord which delivers you out of Egypt. Tomorrow we're going to have a feast unto him. This is the, they, 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 they were so dependent on Moses that, that they needed something or somebody that they could see that would represent God because they did not have a relationship with God on their own. They were dependent. And so when Moses was gone, their faith was gone. 
If Moses wasn't speaking, they, 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 they couldn't hear from the Lord. And so fear crept into their heart. And so they built an idol. Aaron gave them an idol. It was, it was, and, and, and notice he didn't say, hey, this is this idol. This is one of the gods of Egypt. He didn't say this, 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 is, this is the god Ra, this is Horus, this is, uh, this is one of the gods of Egypt that you used to worship. He, he, said, he said, this is the Lord, which delivered you out of the land of Egypt. And so Aaron built an idol, but was still trying to point them to God through the idol. But we see that in the next part of the scripture that, that this didn't really work out because the children of Israel began to do all sorts of things that, 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 the, that the Hebrew gives us an image of but wouldn't be appropriate to, to say from here. They, they, began, to, they, they, they began to do uh, vile things. And so even though Aaron had good intentions, there was no replacement for God. Because many times we'll, we'll do the same thing as Aaron or as the children of Israel where we're, we're looking for God, but we're looking for God in the wrong things. And for us, we're not building physical idols. At least I hope we're not. But last time I checked, I haven't noticed anybody over this last year bring an idol into church and place it on the altar and say, and, and say this, is, this is God, this is, this is Jesus who delivered me from my pain, my past, and, and my addiction. I haven't seen anybody do that, but we do it in different ways. Because for, for, for many of us, perhaps it might be, well, I, I've, got, I've got to wait to that right moment in the song. I, I, I've got to I've got to wait until they say, even when I don't see it, you're working, because that's when you know that's when the Holy Ghost is going to come in. Because the Holy Ghost wasn't here before, but on the bridge of Waymaker, that's when the Holy Ghost steps into the room. Uh, perhaps it's oh man, I, I can't. I, I, I'm going to wait until I'm going to wait until until they build a little bit more until 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 Matt Matt, 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 Matt is kicking that that bass drum really hard and then and then maybe maybe I'm, maybe I might jump a little bit maybe I might move a little bit maybe I might feel more Holy Ghost perhaps perhaps you might have made the preacher or the pastor an idol. Because I believe it's vital that we hear the preaching of the word of God. I believe it's vital that we have a pastor in our lives. I, I have a pastor. He's, his, name is, his name is Edward Ford. He's a pastor of this church. Uh, it's vital that we have a pastor. But, 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 but I, I become worried sometimes, that, and I've seen it so many times, where, 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 where people put the pastor in the place of God. Where it's, if the pastor, if the pastor doesn't say the right, to say, give me the perfect message. If he isn't perfectly eloquent, man, I've, I've been dealing with this problem and, 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 and I'm just going to wait till the pastor preaches about it to deal with it. Where it's like, man, I, I, I know, I, I know I'm not supposed to be watching that. I, I know I'm not supposed to be saying that, uh, but, but, you know, I'm just, maybe if pastor talks about it, I can get over it. and then you come into church and pastor's talking about joy and it's like yeah i don't have to deal with it we, we sometimes we we, we we put 
this in, in, in the place of, place of God where it's like if, if, if the pastor isn't preaching straight to me, then, then I'm going to check out and I'm not going to deal with my problems. If the psalm isn't just perfect, if, if, the, if nobody from the church calls me, then, then, then I'm going to, to, to waver in my faith. I'm going to, to step back. But, but, but God's intention was never for the people to remain at the bottom of the mountain. They were fearful and they and, and they pressed Moses to be their liaison between them and God. But God's desire was always for the people to be able to interact with him. I don't see anywhere in the scripture where, where God says, Moses, it's just me and you face to face. And this is the way that I like it. But God's desire as it is today is that he would be able to speak with each of us face to face as a man would speak to his friend. And God wants to speak to you. Somebody say, God wants to speak to me. God doesn't want to just speak to, to, to Pastor Ford. God, God wants to speak to you as well. It's important that we hear the preaching of the word. It, it's essential in our lives. The Bible says it's, it's essential for us to hear the preaching of the word, but God doesn't want to just talk to you from 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. On, on a Sunday morning. God wants to be able to speak to you when you are at the gas station. God wants to be able to speak to you when, when, you, when you're at home and, 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 and you're just talking to your spouse crazy. God wants to be able to speak to you right in that moment where you don't have to wait for the perfect moment to apologize. Where you can right in that moment have God speak to you and say, man, you may be right, but you were wrong. How many people have ever experienced that where, where, where you might have been right, but, but you, you still end up losing anyway because you decided to, to talk crazy? Uh, I, I've, I've been right a lot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I've been, I've, I've been wrong so many times even while trying to be right. And, and there have been times where, where perhaps uh, even, even in, even in my, my own life, my own marriage, where, where we could have agreed, but, but, but I, I, I didn't allow God to speak to me. In that moment, and so there, there, there's perhaps opportunities or things that that that, that we missed because uh, because of pride or because I was I was perhaps waiting to repent when I could have repented in the moment, and 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 perhaps I'd have been a little more embarrassed. But but instead of and, and, and instead of just just allowing God to to speak to me in that moment, I, I missed an opportunity. And Moses is now speaking to God the way that. Many of us would love to speak to God, and it's so powerful that Moses, think about this, Moses is standing in the presence of the Lord, which is something that, that we is around us in every moment of every single day, and when we come into the house of the Lord, we oftentimes we can feel it, right? You can, you can feel something different, you can feel the Lord moving. Uh, you can feel the presence of the Lord, but Moses was standing face to face with God in his presence. But Moses says, Lord, I, I can't just have your presence in the tabernacle. Lord, I, I know that there's somewhere that we need to get to. 
But, Lord, I need assurance that wherever we're going, that's where you're going to be. Lord, I I cannot afford to leave this tabernacle and for you to stay in the tabernacle. Lord God, I need to leave from here and have you go with me. Lord, will you promise me? that your presence will go with us. Moses was not content with just a Sunday morning service. He's saying, Lord, I I can't just leave your presence in in the pews. God, I I can't just leave your presence at the altar. Lord God, I need your presence when I get to the car on my way home. God, I need your presence in my my workplace. God, I, I need your presence at all times. I need the Holy Ghost at all times, Moses was desperate for it. He had, he, he had been closer to God, to God's presence than anybody else. He, he's experiencing things that nobody else has, has ever experienced, but, but it was not enough for Moses. There was, there was a hunger that was there, a desperation, a dependence upon God that Moses had that caused him to beg God, to plead God, to always go with him. This is the desire that God has for us, that we might know him that we might desire him because the more we get to know about God, that there's so much more that we get to see that, that, that we don't know. And, and, it, and it just increases our desire more and more and more. And Moses standing in the presence of the Lord has the audacity to ask for more. He was saying, I beseech you, show me your glory. He was saying, me lifting up my hands in church, for us this is what it would be, lifting up my my hands in in church and feeling your presence and being moved to tears and and, and speaking in in other tongues, Lord God, that's so great, but, but I need something more. I need the glory because when you see the glory, it changes you forever because when Moses saw the the glory of the Lord, even though God says, I can only show you a little bit because it would be too much for you to handle. He just saw the the, the afterglow, the Bible says, the hinder part of the glory of God. His face changed. His face began to shine. There was this glow that was on him that the people began to notice so much so that they almost began to to worship the radiance that was on the face of Moses. And so Moses began to cover his face so that the people wouldn't notice when the glory faded from him and their faith would be lost. Moses, Moses needed the glory of God. And in chapter 32, we read before they had begun to, they had begun to, to worship this, this idol. Someone help me out. I need a tissue. Uh, They, they had begun to, to worship this, this idol. And I think that, thank you, sir. And although they had such good intentions, they what, what's so so important to notice is that sin will always take away the precious things that you gained while leaving Egypt. Because if you look at Exodus chapter twelve, what they used to build the idol, Exodus chapter twelve, verse thirty-five and thirty-six. The Bible says the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. 
and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. And so they gained such treasure and such value when God delivered them. There is always something that God gives you when he delivers you, something that he places in you, something that's precious and something that's valuable. And they devalued these things so much that they decided to, 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 to build an idol. They took what they gained leaving Egypt. They took that to take steps back towards Egypt. They, they took the, the treasure, the worth that they had gained, the, uh, the, the precious things, the, the jewels and silvers that would have made them a stronger nation, that would have provided for them. And they used it to create false worship. They struggled to understand that the God that saved them was also the God that can sustain them. Many of us believe God for salvation, but we struggle believing God to sustain us. We believe that our sins are washed away when we go down in the name of Jesus in, the, in, the, in that water and we come back up. We, we believe that, 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 that God can fill us with, with the Holy Ghost and that, and that we can speak with other tongues. We, we believe that one day we can get to heaven, but we, but we struggle to believe that God can keep us on the way there. We, we struggle to believe that, that Jesus can provide for us. When they were in the wilderness, God provided for them time and time again, but they still struggled with it. They, 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 they saw that God could save them, but, but they, did not, they, they, they could not come to grips with the fact that God could keep them. God, they, they, they were hungry and they needed food, and God provided manna for them. They never had to worry about food. They didn't have to worry about clothes. God would provide for them, but they struggled with believing it because they, they had no relationship with God outside of Moses. They were so dependent on the words of Moses and Moses' experience with God. They leaned on it so heavily that they could not see. They could not even appreciate the blessings that God was giving to them, even though God was giving them manna from heaven. And Jesus took it a step further for us because Jesus went on to say that, that I am the bread of life. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever in John chapter 6, verses 47 through 41, I say to you, whoever believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down for, from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread which I shall give for life, for the life of the world is my flesh. In this section of the scripture, Jesus had recently healed the man at the pool of Bethesda, who for 38 years was unable to receive his healing because he could not get to where he thought he needed to be in order for God to heal him. But what he learned on that day is that his healing wasn't dependent on the pool. It was dependent on his heart's posture because God asked him to do something that he thought that he could not do, and he responded by trying. He said, take up your bed and walk, and, and, and he wasn't just like, well, I've never been able to do it. He put in the effort. 
He put in the effort to do it, and he was healed in that moment. God said, I am the bread of life, and I am the light of the world, and I am the door of the sheep, and I am the good shepherd, and I am the resurrection and the life, and I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the true vine, all things to remind us that he can be and is whatever it is that we need him to be. That, 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 that if we need guidance, he is, our, he is our shepherd. If we need security, he is the door to the sheep. Not only will, will he put us in a secure place, he, he'll keep the door locked so that we can be secure. It's just like with Noah and the ark. The, the, the Bible says that they went in and all of the animals went in. But the Bible says that the, that the Lord shut them in into the ark and and so God didn't require Noah just to do all of the work but God sealed them God is able to keep us God is able to seal you we have to remember that 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 one of the first things we remember about the miracle miracles that Jesus did is that the people received a miracle not necessarily because they asked for one but because they were in a place where miracles flowed freely I'm reminded of the the miracle with the loaves and fishes. And Jesus, I mean, Jesus did this miracle. He blessed, he blessed the food and, and it multiplied. But there were leftovers. Jesus knew exactly how many people were there, how much food they would eat, and how much food he needed to multiply for those people. But he intentionally made an overflow. He intentionally made an excess. He intentionally made leftovers to remind us that the miracles that we receive in this building were never meant to just remain here when the word is broken. But the miracles that you receive when you lift up your hands and you feel deliverance was not meant to stay in this altar, but it was meant to have a leftover. It was meant to have a carryover because what God does for you here can keep you when you get to home at night and and there's nobody that understands you when you get to work and everybody's frustrating or there's somebody in your family that needs God and, and you've been afraid to reach out to them. The miracles that God does were meant to carry over for for you and for people that you know God creates leftovers on purpose God didn't just speak with Moses in that tabernacle just because Moses was better than everybody else. But God was influencing Moses. God was changing Moses. And God, because he was changing Moses, he was changing the people. The people were dependent on Moses, but Moses was dependent on God. God wants you to be dependent on him so he can speak to you because there are people that God needs to reach through you. You're, you're not in this church just 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 so just because you just because you're special or because you are better than other people. But 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 when you were baptized in the name of Jesus and, and you repented of your sins and when you were received when you received the gift of the Holy Ghost, God was saying, "I'm so incredibly joyful that you have received my gift." But now it's time for you to share that gift with others. The Bible says, "Joy unspeakable and full of glory." That God God constantly gives us things that are supposed to overflow in our lives. God gives you the spirit and when he, when he fills us, the Bible says that, 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 that our belly will be as, as rivers 
out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. God always intended for there to be a flow. God never intended for something to just sit there. God always intended for an overflow in your life. God always intended for an overflow. And when he said that I am the bread of life, he reminded us, just like with the manna, that I cannot receive, I cannot take enough today for tomorrow. Because with the manna, they could, as much as they, they were instructed to take only what they needed for the day. And if they took any more than uh, when they woke up the next morning, that, that thing would have been rotted. There would have been maggots going through it. I'm sure God could have said, you know, take as much as you want for the next month. But he was reminding the people to be dependent on him, that he was the source. Uh, uh, perhaps there would have been people who would have forgotten over time really what the source of the miracle or the source of the manna was. I'm, I'm sure they some people would have just just taken up a bunch and, and they would have started a bartering system and people would have started selling it and people would have started hoarding and feeling like and they would have forgotten the source over time because that's our nature. But God says you got to get enough for it today. What you get today will not sustain you for tomorrow. You've got to speak with me, and I will change you. God will change you. God, come on, the mere God will perform a miracle in your life every single day if you will give Him the opportunity. Come on, God. God didn't save you just as a one-time thing, but every single day I'm able to be washed. I'm able to be cleansed. I'm able to be made new. It wasn't just when I was baptized. It wasn't just when I spoke in tongues for the first time. But the Spirit that is in me is able to overflow again and again and sometimes I'll speak in tongues but when that overflows and sometimes it's a word for a brother or for a sister but I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost so that that can happen I need the Holy Ghost I I am dependent on the Holy Ghost there is more to this life than just going through the motions there is more to this life than just coming on a Sunday and leaving the press there's more to this life than showing up to church and still being addicted there's more to this life than walking in and walking out the same way there's more to this life then visitors, then hundreds of visitors coming over the years and then not staying and, and going back to their lives. But I believe that God's intention for Lighthouse Tabernacle is that when people walk in here for the first time, that addiction just falls off of them. I believe that, that God's intention is that when we begin to pray that we that we go so deep, not worrying about the time, but worrying about how close can I get to God, that the Spirit begins to pour out of the building and people begin to feel an impact. People begin to get drawn into the house of the Lord because I've heard it, it happened before and I believe it can happen here where the people were so hungry for God, not wondering what's for lunch or, or what's for dinner. I've got to get out of here. The preacher's preaching too long. No, there was just a hunger and a desire, and God began to draw people into the building, and people's lives were changed. That wasn't just a one-time thing. I don't want to, uh, I, I love the Azusa Street Revival, but I, I don't want to be talking about what happened 120 years ago. I want to start telling people about what's happening now in West Hartford, what's happening in Newington, what's happening in Manchester, where God is drawing the people because the people that knew him were not satisfied. They weren't satisfied with what they had yesterday or last week. 
but they recognize that there is always more. There is always deeper with God. They were not concerned with whether or not people would judge them. Because that's our fear oftentimes. It's what, what if I tell, how can I say this to this person? How can I, what do I tell them, man? People think that Christians are hateful. People think that Christians are weird. People think, what does it matter? I was says, heaven and earth will pass away. But God's word will, will stand forever. It's going to... It, grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will, will remain. It will, it will stand. It will be un, un, unchanging. Uh, I, I've got to stop being so concerned about what are people going to say? What, what if they just label me as, as that weird guy that, that I, I can't be concerned? I, I can't be concerned if, if, if a family member gets upset because I, invite, I invited them to church again. I, I've got to let them know that, that Jesus loves them and that he loved them so much that he died on a cross for them and that he has an opportunity. My, my friends that are depressed and lonely, I've got to let them know that, that there is a, a thing called the Holy Ghost that can fill them and, and leave them not feeling empty anymore. I've got to let the drug addict know that there is something that, that can wash away the addiction. There, there is something that can fill the void more than, than, than a person, more, more than sex, more than money, more than I've got to let people know that there is more because it's not about me and it's not about you but it's about Jesus Christ <laughs> oh let's lift up our hands all across this place Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Right where we are, can we make an altar all across the sanctuary? Can somebody begin to get real with God? Can you get honest with God? Can we repent before the Lord today? Jesus, God, I'm so sorry. Lord, I've made this about me. I've made it about my feelings. I've made it about my comfort, Lord God. I've made it about what I was willing to do or not or not to do or what I thought they would say or how I thought they would respond. But, Lord God, there is so much more. God, there is so much more beyond that person's response. There's so much more than my comfort, God. There's so much more than my feelings, God. There is your presence and your glory, oh God. Lord Jesus, I'm asking, Lord, that you would forgive me. God, I repent today, Lord God, of my selfishness. God, I repent. Lord God of my fear I repent Lord God of my anxiety God I repent Lord God that I have placed myself first God I repent that I've placed my job first God I repent Lord God that I've put things before you today Lord Jesus will you forgive me God cleanse me wash me today Lord God that your will might be fulfilled in me and through this church Lord God Lord I believe I believe today, Lord Jesus, that it's your desire that this church be filled. It's your desire for these seats to be filled. God, it's your desire, God, that none would perish, but that all would have repentance, that all would be able to enter into eternal life. God, that's your desire today. God, help me to make that my priority. Help me to make that my priority. 
Help me, Lord God, to make that my priority. God, help me 